everybody, and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Blackadder. We're watching every episode in order, and we're commanding on it. Oh crap! We are. Yeah. Oh god! I, I need to, I need to get ready. Up the, uh, I need to change up the disc. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I I had it on the prisoner. Sorry. Oh yeah. Well, I, I made that mistake last week. I had Magnum PI all queued up, and I thought maybe, uh-huh. but no, it's Blackadder, everybody. Okay. Um, two Americans watching Blackadder and offering our insights uh, and uh, jokes and other. Things. I'm making this sound great, am I not? Two Yanks in a room bitching, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, so um, we are going to be watching the third episode today of Blackadder 2, which is, uh, I know, a, a favorite of yours. It's certainly a favorite of mine. It's called Potato, and uh, it features Tom Baker, who uh, Anglophiles will, of course, know as Doctor Who, and actually almost everybody who knows much about Doctor Who probably knows him as Doctor Who, although that may be different now. So we're going to talk a little bit about Tom Baker, um, and we have read his Wikipedia page so that you don't have to. Um, that is our standard of research here at Starship Podcast Warlock, as longtime listeners know. Well, you, and first-time you have callers re- don't. You what? have read it. Uh, you have read it. I am reading it as we speak. So uh... yeah, we're we're going to be skimming it during this. Po- That's the stunt. That we're mm-hmm. going to do is we're going to skim exactly. it during this podcast. Well, the thing is, uh, you know, obviously as a lifelong Doctor Who nerd, I know uh, a bit about Tom Baker already. Although the funny thing is my my knowledge is a little bit of epo- it's a little folk tale in a way, you know. Yeah, but so, I, I feel like like I mean, for Tom being kind of a bit larger than life, I feel like that's appropriate. It is. But I mean, like the uh, the picture I had of him for a long time was. Here's this guy about to turn 40. He's working in a, a construction yard laying bricks, I think it was supposed to be. Um, and uh, he got the part of Doctor Who and then went and was Doctor Who for seven years. Um, but obviously that's not true. Uh, part of the reason he got the the part is he, um, he played a couple of uh, somewhat prominent roles before that. One of them was uh, Rasputin in Nicholas and Alexandra, which I keep meaning to get around to see because I think what an amazing Rasputin he must be. Uh, and then he, after he, Lawrence Olivier had recommended him for the part on top of all that. Oh, stuff. I was not yeah. aware of that. Okay. Yeah. Because he was, uh, apparently, I'm reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, aren't you glad you have us to do that for you, ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. and, and non-binaries. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, there was that. And also the Wikipedia page claims that the, the part which led to his casting was, uh, the villainous Prince Cora in the golden voyage of Sinbad, which, I feel like, isn't that an MST3K? I believe it is. I if think not, it's it early probably should be. Uh, but I've never seen that or the original movie, uh, Sans, Robots, and Joel. So I probably should get around to watching both of those at some point. It, it's weird because, you know, obviously he was very identified with the role of Doctor Who. Um, and it, it's been a little tough to see anything else that he's done in a way like i haven't watched anything else matt smith has done either for pretty much the same reason i've, I've seen i mean you haven't seen the crown no never oh, watched a okay. single episode oh my god um worth worth watching absolutely um it's interesting interesting you should say matt smith because i feel like um of the of the revival series uh doctors i feel like matt smith is the closest to um 
uh, Tom Baker, uh, he, which is why it, seeing them paired up on screen, I thought was so utterly brilliant. Yes. I mean, I, I sort of feel that way too. I mean, they're each my favorite doctors of their respective eras. Um, although in Tom's case, I think he had a much stronger run of stories than Matt Smith did, who was often kind of like struggling under the weight of over elaborate Moffaty season arcs. But I, I don't know. I feel like he was, he was less, it, he had less of a problem than that compared to Capaldi. I think Capaldi got weaker mm -hmm. stories. Well, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, and yeah. certainly I, I feel like, uh, Matt Smith can make anything watchable. Whereas, you know, I, well, I think I Peter Capaldi is incredible, but I, even he couldn't salvage some of those stories. I mean, it, the thing for, for Matt Smith is, as they pointed out when he walked in, that, I mean, um, you know, uh, Moffat was considering, a, after Tennant, going with an older actor, mm -hmm. as he eventually did with Capaldi, because he said, you know, you want to contrast one doctor from another. And uh, Matt Matt walked in, on the other hand, and, and he has the ability to play, to seem like an old soul and a young body. And, and I, I feel like he's had the most range out of all of the... Uh, Doctor's not saying something after after Tennant. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I, I'm amazed how many other doctors that I feel like I see in in him. Uh, not not to go. I mean, we're getting way far afield. Of, uh, <laughs> we are, but I I will say this. Um, I have this pet theory that um, being a fan of Doctor Who prior to being cast as Doctor Who is kind of an impediment, um, and I think. Uh, I think we saw this with Capaldi. I think we saw it in a way with Davison. Um, and maybe would you say that, maybe you say that with Tennant? I mean, because Tennant was a Tennant was a fan beforehand. A I mean, little you know bit, that... a little bit, because you can see with Matt Smith that he's doing something pretty unique in a way. Like, I mean, he is he he just inhabits the part in a way that I feel like. Maybe it's just me projecting, but I feel like I see Tennant and Capaldi sort of revering it, um, mm -hmm. and that that con that concept of what the Doctor is, I think, uh, hems them in a little bit. Whereas Matt Smith is like, okay, he's like this zany professor guy. Got it. I'm gonna do this thing, mm -hmm. um, and it works. So, um, anyway, yeah, we are getting way far afield, and you know, I don't know how much that theory holds up to scrutiny. Anyway, but back to Tom Baker. It's sort of the same thing with him, I feel like. You know, obviously he became, uh, you know, very much his own unique uh, take on the character um, and, and kind of became the character in a way. Well, uh, yeah, which who became who, I guess. I mean, I mean the interesting mm -hmm. thing about um, Tom, actually two, two things I was going to say. One is that I know that one of the things he did after he left Doctor Who was, I, I'm trying to remember, it wasn't Magnum, there, there was at least one, we can look it up, I'm sure, on the Wikipedia. I remember seeing a clip of him um, as he was playing a villain in like one police procedural or, or something in, in American TV or whatever in the early 80s, and he was playing just a straight up baddie um, mm -hmm. as I think uh, an attempt for him to have some range, which is... is uh, which is funny, and it, it was it was just odd seeing that. Uh, but uh, but I was going to say for him, um, you know, he's he's one of those actors that, like we've talked about with Rick Mail, that I, I feel like you know that kind of um, the script and the show kind of deforms itself around him. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, it's funny. I I'd said that the big three basically from you know from like the late '60s to uh, to 
which okay was before his time in Doctor Who, but to uh, to the seventies, um, like the three actors I can think of that that happens to you know you can think of Shatner, like Shatner is yep. kind of his own mold. Um, Adam West, okay, yeah, and and Tom Baker. Like I I, I have this. Dream. I mean, it's too late because Adam West has passed at this point. But like, um, get somebody get Shatner and and Tom Baker together and acting <laughs> something. I, I want to see what that no would room. Be like. mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to add to your list Brian Blessed, as we've kind of discussed before. Yes, I mean that's a different kind of, of not a guy who room, disappears but, yeah. into a part exactly. This is true. At least not in anything he's done somewhat recently. Yeah, this um, is true. But yeah, back to Tom Baker. So. Uh, early life stuff he it looks like i mean he had a lot of things he thought he was gonna do uh he was planning to be a monk i guess and then uh metal maybe i mean it says it says here in his autobiography he said he realized he wanted to break each of the ten commandments in order and thought he should get out before he did something serious (laughs) there's some raw commandments in there buddy uh he uh I guess he also was um, in the medical corps in the Royal Army uh, and then finally became an actor uh, in 1956 um, and then uh, had his first marriage. The marriage broke down. He started working in provincial rep theater. Um, And then I guess, as you alluded to before, Laurence Olivier, who was uh, uh, heading up the National Theater at the time, encouraged him to audition because of some, you know, little play that he was doing and yeah let's see he played a horse in don quixote that was fun i'm sure uh yeah and then various tv series uh i think these are not the ones you're referring to but like z cars is one i've heard a lot about dixon of doc green yeah like i said i was referring to cop shows yeah uh, let's see. So, and then we mentioned the, the Sinbad thing and the, uh, Rasputin thing. Uh, it says here, oh, too, there we go. There we go. I found it. He was yeah. in an episode of Remington Steel. <laughs> Great. Oh boy. Uh, he was also in Pasolini's The Canterbury Tales as the younger husband of the wife of Bath. Whew. Racy. Uh, yeah, I, I, now that I've read that, it's sort of coming back to me. I think there is a scene that I don't really want to see. <laughs> Interesting. I, I think I remember correctly. There was a version of um, Canterbury Tales where I think Billy Piper played the wife of Bath. If I remember correctly speaking. Oh. Um, uh, I, I think if I remember correctly speaking of Doctor Who alumni. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen a little bit of. Uh, I think it was the Decameron, not the Canterbury Tales, mm. and I have them sitting over there. I have a Blu-ray of of the three sort of Pasolini. I don't know what you call them, medieval epics or whatever, which I probably mm-hmm. should get around to watching at some point. Anyways, uh, of course, he was Doctor Who from 1974 uh, to 1981. Mm-hmm. So like the first seven years of my life. Um, and uh, I mean, I could go on forever about his Doctor Who career, but I mean, the main thing that, uh, people listening to this, if they don't know already, all of those things uh, should know, I guess, is that, of course, he met his second wife on Doctor Who, who was playing the second incarnation of Romana, his fellow Time Lord. I think they were married very briefly uh, mm-hmm. from what I've read. Um, it, it just didn't didn't last long. But uh, and, and now she's married to Richard Dawkins. Yep. 
So, uh, let's see. I think that covers a lot. Oh, I almost forgot about this. Uh, I remember seeing this when I was doing The Hound of the Baskervilles. He played Sherlock Holmes in a miniseries of that. Um, and, of course, he's in the episode we're about to see. We'll, we'll be seeing that. I'm kind of just skimming and seeing what else is interesting here. Um... I mean, there were certain little things. I remember some commercials that he was doing for Prime Computers, which uh, oh. was, was <laughs> UK right. only, if you've seen those before, which mm-hmm. I think Lala Ward was also in, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, if you're interested in Tom Baker, for sure, look those up. Yeah, there was, um, I mean, there, there are several things that he's done. Um, he was the voice of, like, uh, I think on the on the telephone in the UK, the time is now, blah, 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 that they had, like, an automated voice that he was doing. Uh, there was... Uh, he narrates the TV show Little Britain. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, one anecdote here I liked is that it says apparently he was a candidate for a role in the Lord of the Rings film, uh, possibly Gandalf. Uh, and uh, he doesn't specify which one it was, uh, but I guess he turned it down because he didn't want to spend months in New, New Zealand. Oh, God, th- you could have had you could have had Gandalf and Radagast uh, as two Time Lords. Yeah, he. I think he would have made a pretty solid Gandalf, actually. Yeah, um, I think that would have worked pretty well. I, I would. I, I'd love to see what he could do with that part. That said, I mean, you know, um, I would still vote for Ian McKellen, but I, I could definitely see it. Yeah, I mean, it, you, it's hard to do better than Ian McKellen, but you could do different. Mm, um, Let's see. So I think that's kind of the main stuff. Uh, most recently, of course, I've run into the voice of Tom Baker in a video game I was playing. They don't list it in the uh, uh, the Wikipedia page here, but it's called... Uh-oh. I knew what it was before we started this. It's like Shadows, uh, Mirrors. I don't remember. It's something vague, uh, but it's kind of a Diablo clone. And... I mean- uh, I, I do remember him in, uh, there was that really, really bad Dungeons and Dragons movie from yep. 2000. Um, I was skimming over that, but yes, he was in that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's um, one of those I think is worth watching when severely plastered. Yeah, here it is. It's called Shadows Awakening. That's the uh, the video game. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I was listening. I was like, oh, this, is, this character has a really good voice. And then I realized I know that voice. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Uh, he's, he's kind of all through that game from what I've been able to see. So that's some Tom Baker stuff. Um, and, uh, it's probably time for us to watch. Did we, did we want to mention considering the conceit of this episode and who else is in there as a guest star? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like a fantastic bit of stunt casting because of the fact that, that, um, you know, this episode is kind of about part of the, the golden age of exploration and their explorers, which is fitting for him as a Time Lord, and also another explorer uh, played by uh, Simon Jones, Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So it, it mm-hmm. it's amusing taking these space explorers and, and putting them in the, uh, the 16th century uh, equivalent, <laughs> uh, which is part of what is so um, joyful about this episode. Yeah, that is a very good point. Uh, I didn't think about the thematic tie-in, but yes, Simon Jones from both the radio series and the the TV series, mini-series, I don't know what you call it, of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, So that's great. Uh, This is a fun one, and I think we should watch it. I think we should, too. 
Yeah, sometimes we don't watch it. Sometimes we just cut the, the podcast short. Just kidding, that's never happened. Um, so I'm hitting play, and what's going to happen is I'm going to run it back. And we realized a couple episodes ago, and I think I forgot about it last time, um, but your version of the Blackadder episode you have might be different than the one that I, I hope both Jeff and I have. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, hopefully from here on forward, um, I will press play until I see the words Rowan Atkinson as on my screen. Um, so what you should do is get to that point and hit pause. Uh, and then we'll all be starting in the same place relative to the episode. Jeff, are you at that point? I am. Great. Uh, those of you listening at home, are you at that point? Okay, good. Now we're going to go three, two, one, play, and we'll all press play at the same time, and we'll watch Potato. Ready? Or Potato. Three, <laughs> three two, one, play. I should have changed the logo to use this font and that background. Mm. It's not too late. That makes sense. This is true. Even though we're halfway through now. It's worth doing. I mean, the titles on this one change on every episode, right? Because the mm -hmm. last shot is putting a different, um, a different object. object down. So. <laughs> uh, no beard, so after Bells. Well, he says he's going to... Right, yes, of course. Another Mrs. Miggins reference. I mean, I would. <laughs> I used to live in Raleigh. I'm not sure I want to know that. <laughs> North Carolina.
I've got potatoes. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> that is Miranda Richardson, I believe, doing that voice. Oh, yeah. It's like mean girls to duck a lot. It's cleared up. I stepped on that joke. Sorry, Nursey. <laughs> Simon That's Jones, a little, everyone. A little bit more than um, the dressing gown that we normally see him wear. Ha, ha, ha. 
But they're everlasting. Stephen Fry's laugh. Uh. <laughs> red rover red rover i love the look on nursey's face yeah <laughs> Tom Baker, everyone. Ha, ha, ha. 
That what is an ex parrot. Yes, but it's his least inspired comeback. <laughs> it's still funny. By a what? I assume it's some kind of fish. <laughs> it's in plain sight, people. <laughs> Line Baldrick reminds me of Phil Collins somehow <laughs> Must be something in the air tonight Hmm Pollution all around. Oh, sorry. 
Notice Nursie's reading along with her. And he's kind of colored like his later Doctor Who outfit. <laughs> reaction. <laughs> I think Baldrick's got more of a uh, smee look about him. Does a bit.
<laughs> kind of is. <laughs> she just works that line uh -huh. He's going <laughs> I love the teddy bear. <laughs> oh god. I love Edmund's oh gods. The most exasperated person in the world. Mm hmm. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> well, that was rather considerate of him. I know. They've traveled in time. <laughs> hmm. They've been bored a long time. Well, they had signed his death warrant, so... Uh... Yeah. Great timing. <laughs> So the beard goes off of Percy and onto Nursey. Yep. He was eventually beheaded, right? I think so. They went a long way.
<laughs> so perfect. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, everything in this episode just builds. It does. Do we know who sings this? I don't know. Or who sang the first season. I wonder if to look that up. Yeah. Well, that was Potato. Um, Jeff, what do you think? I love this episode. I've always loved this episode. I always will love this episode. Um, <laughs> I, I have I have watched this episode many times and uh, and it does not get old. Um. Uh, I feel exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. Uh, I had actually forgotten how dense it is. The script of of just jokes. I mean, it's really one after the other. Um, there, there's and so they're all many, great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, the the third rate explorer, but a first class or uh, first uh, second class meal. Um, it, you know, I, I love the wordplay as good as always on this. Yep. Um, uh, which is why the line of, you know, better a slip of a girl than a git is so <laughs> wonderfully jarring because it's the one time where he can't think of anything. <laughs> and, uh, and yet it gets the right reaction from oh, him. Like, I, I feel like it's because of that contrast, because of the fact he's been so eloquent <laughs> in his put downs. Uh, to that point uh even just thinking of it makes me laugh like um, i have to wonder i have to wonder if like they had an insult or they or they just couldn't come up with an insult at that point and they were just stumped and just like <laughs> all right we'll just leave it there i i don't know um there, there's so many little bits of this episode like the fact i mentioned when when uh when uh queenie is reading the poem and nursey is mouthing it along with her and like i i didn't notice that for the longest time um i wouldn't have those, until you said it yeah, all those little details, and you know, Nurse's Nurse's look in this entire episode. I mean, you know, uh, to like, you know, when they go over to Blackadder's side and kind of look smirkingly at uh, at Sir Walter, uh, certainly just her being totally in love with uh, with uh, the captain to um, to her Lucy like cry at the end um, <laughs> to the fact that she. She looks good in a beard, almost as well as she looks in. Uh, well, that's that's a later episode. Never mind. Um, uh, you said you didn't remember much of the later episode, so I'll save that. No, one. I was trying to think of what you were talking about, but um, I'm just gonna wait and enjoy it. All right, I, I will say final episode. That's all I'll say. Okay. Mm -hmm. Noted. Uh, yeah, I love this a whole bunch too. Uh, it's. I, I'm trying to remember if I felt like all the main characters had so much to do. In the previous ones, I feel like maybe this one is really spreads things around, even though there are two, uh, you know, important guest characters as well. 
Um, it just feels like Queenie has a lot of good moments. Nursey has a lot of good moments. There's some good Melchit moments, you know. You, know, you mentioned you mentioned Melchit's uh, kind of ba-ish laughing. <laughs> that's one, and that's one thing. If if you talk to um, uh, if you some of the stuff that Stephen Fry uh, talked about in um, in the documentaries is like that's oh. the bit that really solidified the character for him. That particular laugh. Uh huh. Uh, and I don't remember how we talked about the origin of it, but but like that that's what did it. Well, I remember him uh, having a similar kind of sound for uh, the general in yes. Black Air Goes Forth. I remember him talking yep. about that on the documentary. That kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's more of a bleat than a kind of like low murmur. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very, very funny. I love how sort of understated that character is and how perfect it is uh so, just in so many delivery. little bits the, the bit where he hands him the blank map <laughs> yep it's just the, the delivery that and of course the uh the you know a- after um blackout are doing the lines of uh you know the they're smoking the potato they're doing whatever they'll eat it next and then you know uh melchick comes out with like the cigarello box and the uh you know and, and offers it to him you know oh thanks i don't <laughs> yeah great great little response callback uh really fun i love how sort of topical it is uh it you know being a big thing at this time of the time in history in europe so yeah of course everywhere else of the we talked about how the first season is so much more historical and and follows a particular through line compared to the second this is probably the closest that the season gets to making reference to specific events of that time Mm -hmm. yeah that is true well i mean I think that's true. I'll I'll be able to be sure after we see the other three. But yeah, um, it was the yeah, other three, it. not me. What do you think of Tom Baker's performance in this? Um, I I want him to have a a arhar off with uh, with Brian Blessed. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I I adore his utterly utterly unhinged performance there there is nothing left unchewed uh with his mouth which is not a woman's mouth oh my god that, unhinged is a good word for it like i mean yeah. i don't know that i can call this a good performance in a way it is just <laughs> lunatic from beginning to end and it, it it sort of works it's it's utter committing to to the character into the part <laughs> and it feels it's utterly tom baker but it's even you know but it's also, you know, the doctor was always him and larger in life. This is this is on top of all that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I I adore this, and you know, and um, you know, uh, Simon Jones gets to do the um, uh, the the straight man for this, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, well, which you know, is he, his usual thing in Hitchhikers as well. It's true. Uh, he's uh, except he's a little more world. Uh, he's less clueless in this one. In mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I love his, uh, his delivery and he's being very showy and hammy throughout the entire thing. Um, but, uh, but still, uh, um, he plays that part so well. Um, I agree. There's so many memorable lines in here too. Uh, just things that go through my head on various occasions, like, uh, not joining us in the ha-has, Percy, for some reason crops up in my head a lot more often than you would expect. Hmm. Um, what what are some of the other ones? Uh, uh, the the um, that's where you're wrong. The the reference to Baldrick and the Animal Kingdom always cracks me up. The uh, the, the the line where or the bits where Sir Walter ends up 
saying, you know, oh God, if you went to the Cape of Good Hope, then uh, then the rain beats down or whatever. Oh, so some sort of hat would be in order. Like, like uh, <laughs> that, that, that beautiful, beautiful dismissal. Uh, also, another thing that sticks with me is his tone when he hit it. And its head was shaped exactly like a hammer. <laughs> For some reason, goes through my head. The Hammers were the name of what English football team? <laughs> the uh, struggle of the urban proletariat. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so uh, that was great. I really, really loved it. Um, it's it, it, To me, it's a contender with Bells. It is right now, for, for me, it is slightly below bells, but it's uh, um, it's a really tough call, and 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 bells is I think the only thing in the known universe that could potentially dethrone that. Um, I I adore both episodes and can quote probably the entire thing for <laughs> for, for both both of them. Yeah, I I, I love this episode. Um, I like the subject matter of bells, and I like the uh, just virtuosity of this one. So it's really going to be tough to choose at the end of the season and who knows maybe there's one of these last three that i really will like as well once i see I, it again uh, of the of the remaining three i'll say one uh without saying which is which one of them is okay um and the other two i the other two i adore one of them is definitely one, one of them i i can definitely know which order i would rank them in and probably which order mm-hmm. i would rank them in compared to these two like this season i know I, i've watched plenty of times to at this point i think nothing that i see is going to change from that but it's it's interesting because we were saying i I think i don't think we talked about this while we were recording but i think last week uh afterwards we mentioned the fact that you know i I remember about half of the young ones episodes really well and the other ones i'm like well what fits in that episode oh that's right that's in here or something along Mm -hmm. those lines whereas like uh, for blackadder you mentioned that you don't remember much of the back half of the season whereas like i i know this entire season pretty much um, pretty much verbatim. I, I will say that the one that's coming up next week, Money, is the one that I remember the least of it, and even so, I still mm-hmm. remember most of it. Uh, do you have that same memory of any of the other seasons, or is it th- just this one in particular? Um, mostly this one. The, the third season I remember a good part of. Um, the first one never sticks into my mind that much, and, and the fourth... Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth, less so, with the exception of the final episode, and mainly because of uh, mainly because of how it ends. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, but yeah, um, second second season, and I, I I have the third in in very high regard too, although not as much as the second, obviously. Yeah. Um, so would you say so, you've watched this season more often than the other ones? Oh yeah. Or? Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. like I said, you know, when I end up picking an episode to. Uh, or you know, to show to somebody who hasn't seen Blackadder, I will pull out, you know, I'll pull out Bells or Potato, um, potentially the other, the other two um, in the back half as well. But but Bells and Potato are probably my uh, um, my go tos. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out what's in that back half uh, in mm-hmm. the next episode. Um, you can reach us on Twitter uh, at Starship Warlock. Uh, our website, as long such as you're as not it is. somebody who's gotten kicked off Twitter. Yeah, if you still have a Twitter account, uh, mm-hmm. you can reach us on Twitter. Um, we're also we also have like a website, starshippodcastwarlock.com. You can email us at, at inbox. I think it is at starshippodcastwarlock.com. Unless it was info, you know what? Just tweet us. I don't even know why I bother saying the email address. Um, 
but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know uh, if there are any Blackheader episodes you can quote by heart. Uh, let us know about all the factual things we got wrong. Uh, yell at us for wasting your time reading Wikipedia to you. Whatever it is, uh, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, you can also review us on a bunch of different platforms. But I mean, you know, how boring will it be to you know do five stars on like eight different platforms? I mean, I, you know, you have better things to do with your time. I don't. <laughs> and on that note um jeff we're gonna do something a little different when we end it this time uh here's oh, okay. how we're gonna do this okay I- i'm gonna say the word starship and you're gonna say warlock and then keep going to or i'm sorry let's start again i'll say starship mm-hmm. you'll say podcast and keep going to say warlock and i will join you and in that way we'll say the last part of it together let's see if that can work okay all right here we go so uh We'll do the rest of the signing off first. Um, uh, This has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. I don't know if that worked or not, but we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.